0: Agile is not new. It's newish to education, but it's been working consistently and very well for especially IT companies for decades. So why are we not using that? It's not like it's not proven. You've seen it. You've seen it in other countries. You've seen it in other industries. Um, So why wouldn't we try it? And the thing is, like I said, up to a few months ago, I had no idea what Agile was. But if you jump in and do it and you learn it, You can do it on a small scale. Try it with one project, try it with one idea. Um, And then when you see the benefits of it, then you'll want more. That's what happened to me. And that's why I'm excited to share this with other educators to say, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. And I think that's the beauty of having an agile mindset. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to know the end. You have to know an idea of where you want to go and you're building it as you go. Because that's how you're going to get the most value. That's how you're producing the most value is that you're working along those steps to make sure that you're achieving the best goal that you possibly can. I think that's the idea. Don't be fearful. Go for it.
1: Welcome to episode 19 of the Learn and Unlearn podcast where I have a conversation with Rosalind Jackson. Rosalind is an educator, and the co-founder of The Agile Mind, which strives to help teachers learn to use an agile mindset and prepare students for the real-world challenges ahead of them. Join us in this case study about using agile in education. Welcome, Roslyn. It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: To start with, uh, can you please tell us about your uh, journey behind uh, teaching Agile in schools?
0: Wow. Um, I actually was introduced to Agile through um, a friend and a colleague at my school, um, Jessica Cavallaro. Um until probably about last February. I had no idea what Agile was. Um, traditionally I was a project-based learning teacher. I teach seventh grade science, um, in a private school. Um, but I guess you would call me sort of like that progressive teacher. I don't really teach from the textbook. Um, I love to do hands-on kind of learning, um, try to apply real world, um, type of scenarios to help them do problem solving, definitely projects, um, try to infuse technology, et cetera. So um, doing something new um, that I had not known about was not out of my comfort zone. And I know how my partner, Jessica, is. She's the same way. We try to make sure that we do different things that um, can open our eyes, our students' eyes to new and different things. So even though I did not know what Agile was, um, I was all in because I know Jessica, so I trust her. Um, it was definitely an experience. Um, the way that we received our training was through um, LEAF.org. And our trainer was Jeff Burstein. And what we did was we applied it to our personal lives first. Um, and I think that's important. It showed me um, really how Agile is a methodology. It's not an app. It's not a program. It's a way of thinking and a way of applying certain um mental skills, almost like a muscle memory type of thing to your life, where you are identifying certain goals or objectives that you want to accomplish. You are making sure that you um, identify certain tasks that will help you achieve those goals. And it's in certain defined iterative steps. Um, And so you go through a step, you see if you've achieved that goal. If you have not, you pivot. If you have, it's great. You celebrate. And then it's on to the next goal or achievement. Um, so quite frankly, to be able to do that, there were some things that I was working on in my personal life that I had been working on for years. Um, but within those few months, it put me on the right path and kept me focused enough that I was able to accomplish that. Um, That was mind blowing to me. So, when Jeff asked us, okay, great, now you have a handle on how to do this in your personal life, let's try it with your kids in your classroom. I'm like, I'm all in. So, um, it was exciting, but also kind of scary because, I mean, any teacher knows your students, they like routine. Um, As a teacher, you like routine. And I tried it in the final quarter, the final nine weeks of our school year, which is already just kind of controlled chaos where everybody is trying to make it through until the end. So to imagine trying something new at that time with students, uh, it's kind of crazy. But it's also the perfect time to try something new because you have nothing to lose. So um, I went for it. Um, They... They approached it the same way you would expect seventh grade students to approach it. They were like, OK, this is kind of cool because we used um, Kanban boards with Kanban zone. So it's cool because it's technology. You already have that hook. But then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, Miss Jackson. Why can't we just use Google Drive? Why can't we use the same process we were doing before? Why do we have to make sure that we are um keeping account of all the things that we're doing on the Kanban board. So they always want to know why, no matter what it is, if it's a project, if it's a game, if it's a new technology, whatever it is, they want to know why this is important. So making sure that because I had been through it, I could explain to them, you know what, guys, this is new. I get it. I did this. This was difficult when I first tried it. But the amount of work that you're going to be able to do, how you're going to be able to keep yourself on track, how you're going to be able to keep your partners on track um, is going to be mind blowing for you. Just stay with me. I know you're going to hate me a little bit right now, but just stay with me. Let's work through the process and then you'll be able to see the benefits of it. And that was how I was able to get them on board. Um, And it was a good process. I think um, the results that we got were amazing. I guess that's my long and short intro into it.
1: <laughs> you brought up a very interesting point when you said uh, that you tried it out yourself and then uh, tried it out on your students. So, can you also tell us about uh, how your experience was in your personal life before uh, learning Agile and after learning Agile?
0: That's a great question. Um, before I found out what Agile was for me, um, I thought that I was organized um, like a lot of us do. You uh, write reminders in your phone. Um, I have a journal where I keep notes about to do lists and things that I want to do. But um, if you're anything like me, you have notes all over the place. I have several journals. I have a basket full of journals and you try to compartmentalize them. This is for school. This is for personal life. This is for dreams that I want with my family. This is just for my daughter. And then you realize where you wrote all the goals that you had. Um, So everything is all over the place. So um, it's a lot of disjointed kind of goals. And where did I write that? And oh, I forgot. And then the immediacy of what comes in your face right then is what you're trying to do. So you're almost like that hamster on the wheel. You're chasing what you're trying to do. Um, Putting things on the Kanban board and really identifying and prioritizing which things you want to do. That got me focused. So for my husband and I, a major goal that we have been working on for years was being debt-free, um, financial freedom. So that was the main area that I focused on. Like, okay, we're going to try this. Jeff Burstein's is telling me this is going to work. We're going to see if it works. So the big one that we had, which would open up doors for a lot of other stuff that we wanted to do for us and our daughter, that's what we went for. And we were able to achieve it. After years of working on it, we're finally debt free. Um, If that doesn't convince, if that didn't convince me that this worked, nothing would. And that's how I knew I could do it with my students.
1: That's wonderful to hear. Uh, now, can you also tell us about how you implemented it in uh, school?
0: Um, how I implemented it with my class was um, sort of step by step. I, Because it was the fourth quarter, I had a definite timeline. I had a definite hard out, obviously. Um, so we did it the last nine weeks of school. Um, we, The students were used to... Um, Project-based learning, like I said before. So it was never like where we had worksheets or textbook to follow or anything like that, where it was lockstep, these things that we had to do. But so they were used to kind of um, me directing them like, hey, this is your overall project. This is where you're going to go. You have options about how you get there. Um, The thing that was going to be different this time was I was directing them to use this tool. Um, So to do that, I showed them the Kanban board on Kanban Zone, and the project overall was we were doing um, rocks and minerals as a unit. The overall assignment was they had to design an entire lesson about rocks and minerals to explain to their classmates. Um, I teach on a block schedule, so I see each group every other day, and I see three groups a day, and I have a total of six classes. Within each class, they were divided into six groups which were based on different topics that they chose that they wanted to teach. So um, when we're talking about rocks and minerals, it was topics like, okay, what is a rock? What is a mineral? Um, How do rocks form? How do minerals form? How are rocks and minerals related? How How are they used in the real world? And how do we know the substances are neither rocks or minerals? So simple stuff for them to do. But when you get into the details of those different topics, they're all related. They to in, in order to teach them, you have to know about rocks and minerals separately. You have to know their characteristics about how they're made, where they're made, the processes that they have to go through. Um, and again, for the last group that had to talk about what rocks and minerals aren't, how you can classify those non-examples, they have to build on what everyone else is teaching. Um, So that's how I tried to build that up and show the interrelationships to make sure that all those groups had to converse, they had to communicate, they had to collaborate to make sure that as a class, as each group was teaching their lesson, we all got the entire picture of what rocks and minerals are, their different characteristics, how they are related to each other, and how we use them in the real world. Um, The different layers of the project, they were required to make sure that they hit four main points. They had to make sure that they were able to do um, effective research. And then we talked about what effective research is, what sites are you using, how many sites you're using, is it a .edu, a .gov, is it someone's blog, Um, is it peer-reviewed, those types of things. Um, How could you break that research down into digestive chunks to make sure that first you understand it, but also that your classmates will understand it when you're presenting? Um, They had to make sure that they came up with a hands on lesson that they would teach and lead and demonstrate to the class, but also that the students in class and at home could participate in because we taught hybrid lessons. All year we had students that were at home and in class. So they had to address the students that were home on Zoom as well with their hands on lab. And then they had to do a reflection piece or slash assessment. So they had to be able to come up with their own way of assessing their classmates. Um, Some of them tried to do like a traditional pen and paper type of test, but how does that address the students at home? How are you going to transmit that to them um so and it couldn't be like a traditional game that they play online like hoot. That's easy. That's lower level stuff. How are you gonna get us involved with we did this great lab. Now how are you gonna assess that we really achieved that knowledge? So um it was challenging at first. They had kind of like the big eyes, like deer in the headlights to use an American term type of um thing, like Ms. Jackson, how do you want us to do this? And so that's when the collaboration part started with their teams and with me Um, without giving them the answers, just asking them those questions. Well, what do you think you need to know? I might need to know what a rock is. Exactly. What do you think you need to know about minerals? What makes a mineral a mineral? Have you looked that up? Um, And so just each time with each team in each class. Mm -hmm. It gave me the opportunity to go to each team, to ask them those questions, to see what they were talking about, what they were missing, um, and to make sure that what they were doing was actually keeping on the path for how we had to assess the learning at the end.
1: Wonderful. So this is also encouraging critical thinking and collaboration.
0: Absolutely. Um, in order to do this well, you had to talk to your teammates, and because they are, they're they're learning this in order to teach it to someone else. This is where, as a teacher, you can facilitate that role. You're not just sitting back in the chair with your feet up. I'm actively walking around the room, whether they're working outside, whether they're working inside, because some of them went outside to observe. Okay, what do rocks or minerals look like? Like some of them actually. Got into it and did field study. Is this a real rock or is this a rock that our school just made and they got here and to develop? And then we went through, okay, what are the characteristics of a rock? How can you tell whether this is a mineral? Is it man-made or not? Why does that matter? Um, how are rocks and minerals created? Those types of things. So those are the questions that they're asking as they're preparing to teach this to others. Because if you don't know those answers, then you can't teach it to someone else.
1: Exactly. When did the students start seeing benefits and what kind of benefits did they start uh, seeing
0: we um i will tell you at the end we had them do i had them do like a reflection um they had a reflection slash assessment piece that they had to include in their lesson but overall the final step for me was a reflection from the students so i was able to see that um Initially, most students, they hated it. <laughs> they um, they didn't like being forced into something new at the end of the year. They did not. Um, so sort of like it was a, a jarring moment for me in my personal life. It's the same thing with your students. They're just small adults. That's it. But in the reflection, what I learned from each student, even the ones that, you know, rebelled to the end and say, okay, I did this because you made me do it, Um, because it was a part of my grade. But they all in the next statement said, this helped me collaborate with my team. This helped me stay on track with what I had to do. I was able to see that my partner had not done the part of the assignment that he was assigned to do. He hadn't done this part of the research for our lab. So because it was on the Kanban board, I was able to contact him and say, you know, hey, Johnny, you need to make sure that you do this because we have our lab presentation. Uh, We need to make sure that we understand these parts of how igneous rocks are formed. So we need to make sure that we have this research. So all of them, even though it was new and different, they did understand the benefits. They did understand that it increased their ability to communicate Um, even with the students that were online, especially um, if you're not in class. Some of them said it's easier for me just to meet face to face. But because my partner was on Zoom, we were able to communicate effectively through the use of the Kanban board. Um, It helped them when they learned the tools of the Kanban board. It helped them to be able to stick to certain timelines because they can identify that on the Kanban board. You can identify priorities on the Kanban board to see what tasks needed to happen first. Um, And then they were able to see what activities or tasks they could move to quote unquote done, Um, what things they could celebrate, what tasks were done they could get off their plate. So it's almost like the virtual or visual equivalent of scratching that to-do task off the list. When you move it to done, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can archive the tickets, take them off of your board. And now it's like, okay, we did this, Now let's accomplish the next one. And so that's what I learned from the reflections. It took them about a week or so to get into it, to get into the groove, to remember, oh, we have to move these cards as we are progressing through the tasks that we need for the project, but also to remember okay, we identified these tasks, but as we are doing more research and we are getting more into the project, these other tasks are popping up. It's not just these ones that we identified at the beginning. We need to add more things to make sure that we complete what we're doing to the overall objective that Ms. Jackson has for us. So it was definitely um, an iterative process as it's supposed to be.
1: Wonderful. How do you see the future of education with uh, Agile in place?
0: Um, honestly, I think it's what we as teachers make it, um, going through this last year and a half with the pandemic, we know that there's definitely been like a paradigm shift in education, but also in our personal lives. Um, I think if we take this as an opportunity to see what can be done to use, um, agile skills and methodologies as a tool to make sure that we are preparing our kids for a future that we now see is uncertain and you can use a tool that can help us take advantage of that. Um, Help us take advantage of new opportunities, help us take advantage of how we have to, as we saw what we had to do in a COVID year as adults is we had to problem solve. Um, If you couldn't go out because of safety reasons, what could you do? We saw how restaurants and stores shifted to make sure that our society was still moving, even if it was at a different pace, even if it was in a way that we'd never expected. Um, Businesses did the same thing. So I think that, and that's actually a good example of, for the students, because businesses use this model. And so when they go out into the future and into the real world, we are preparing them for what you're going to do when you get out of the education system anyway. And I think businesses using this helped us stay open as much as we could um, while remaining as safe as we could. And I think doing this in class, helping students problem solve, helping teachers problem solve to make sure that we are creating the most effective and realistic lessons we can and seeing our students go through using a similar process to solve the problems that we are presenting them with or even better, the problems that the students are generating that are personal to them and their experiences, They, we are modeling for them what they are going to have to do in the real world, whether it's in their personal life, whether it's in the companies uh, with whom they will be employed later. Um, it's all interconnected. And this is a process that has been proven time and time again to work, to help us all problem solve. And I mean, what better example do you want in your classroom? So I think it's just opening the minds of teachers to see that this is not this is not another thing that you have to um, check a box on. This is not another um, thing that like you don't want to do that is not going to be effective for you and your students. This is something where it gives your students student agency where they are in control and empowered by their own by their own learning where they understand why it is important to them it's not like calculus how am i going to use the pythagorean theorem if i want to be a marine biologist they're going to have to use these problem solving skills that require them, if something doesn't work, to be able to pivot and change and find how you're going to solve this problem, they're going to have to use that. Whether they're using Scrum, whether they're using a Kanban board, whatever technology or method they're using, an agile methodology creates that muscle memory in their head where they're going to be able to go through these skills and problem solve and be productive members of society. And as a teacher, that's what you want them to do. It's not just about your curriculum. It's about the skills that can transfer and translate anywhere. And this is a great skill that teachers can acquire to pass on to our students to help them do that.
1: Amazing. As you rightly said, this learning will help them throughout their lives, irrespective of their profession or business, or we never know what is going to come in the future. I mean, the jobs that exist now may not exist in the future exactly yeah but this will help them in any profession or any business
0: exactly and this teaches them like for the i think about personally my sister was a person who um she lost her job during the pandemic but because she was able to problem solve And she was able to pivot and do those things. It took her a while. She didn't use agile methodologies, but you just, my sister is a person who grinds and she knew that she had to take care of herself and her son. But these things, imagine if in middle school, if, or in elementary school, if she had been taught these methodologies, she had been taught, okay, I have this objective. How do I do these things step by step to make sure that I'm going through these processes? I can do this. I have a plan ahead of time of how I can make sure that I'm meeting these objectives. I think having that ad- agile methodology and that mental muscle memory again to be like, okay, this is my situation. I didn't control it, but I can control, not control because I believe control is an illusion, but I can work through the problem that i am given to find the solution okay and you're not always the goal is not to try to find that fixed solution this is what i want this is what i have how do i find the solution that works for my objective okay and the point i think of agile is sometimes in the midst of your journey the solution changes because you have this idea But then through your agile journey and as certain experiments work or they don't, you find something that's infinitely better because you were able to say, oh, wow, this is the plan that I have. But this plan is so much better because of the experience that you had along the way. I think that's the power of opening that up and seeing I can move through this, not with just my plan A, but all of these options are available because I have this skill. That's what you want to teach your students. That's what we want to open up to other educators to see just the possibilities. It was amazing.
1: Absolutely. In fact, it surprises me to see the low level of adoption of Agile.
0: I Sometimes I think it's fear. Um, it's fear of the unknown. Um, it's the same way, uh, like, I think how long it's taken uh, project-based learning to get like the following that it has now. Project based learning isn't new. Um, The benefits of it aren't new. Just like Agile is not new, it's newish to education, but it's been working consistently and very well for especially IT companies for decades. So, why are we not using that? It's not like it's not proven. You've seen it. You've seen it in other countries, you've seen it in other industries. Um, So, why wouldn't we try it? And the thing is, like I said, up to a few months ago, I had no idea what Agile was. But if you jump in and do it and you learn it, you can do it on a small scale. Try it with one project. Try it with one idea. Um, And then when you see the benefits of it, then you'll want more. That's what happened to me. And that's why I'm excited to share this with other educators to say, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. And I think that's the beauty of having an agile mindset. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to know the end. You have to know an idea of where you want to go and then you're building it as you go because that's how you're going to get the most value. That's how you're producing the most value is that you're working along those steps to make sure that you're achieving the best goal that you possibly can. I think that's the idea. Don't be fearful. Go for it.
1: Absolutely. Can you tell us your uh, plans for the future?
0: Um, My plans for the future, what uh, my partner and I are actually working on right now is we are um, trying to make sure that we are setting up plans to involve other educators. We're trying to get other educators at our school involved. There are right now a few teachers that are um, talking to us about starting the same journey that we did, um, doing an improvement cotta with leaf.org and our trainer, Jeff, setting them up with other trainers, possibly that um, they can go on the same journey that we did to see it I definitely think it's a benefit to see how you can use it in your personal life so you have that experience so you can do it with your students. There are also um, what we call learning flow um, journeys where you're doing what uh, my partner Jessica and I did where you're using it in your classroom. And so what we're trying to do is invite other educators to embark on that journey as well. Um, When you do it and you feel it and you see it, that's how you know it works. Um, to use another crazy American saying, the proof is in the pudding. So you have to try it in order to do it. Just talking about it and reading books about it is not how you get the practice. We had to do it in order to see the benefits of it. Um, So, so many times, especially those educators, you read a book, you watch a podcast, and it's like, okay, I can try that. You can do this for yourself and you can see it for yourself. And that's what we are trying to encourage others to do. So I encourage anybody who's listening to this, um, reach out, contact us, talk to us. And we can tell you that, no, not everything is sunshine and rainbows, but neither is life. That's the point. This is the thing that helps you get better with pivoting and making sure that, okay, this thing happened but that doesn't distract you from reaching your ultimate goal. The other thing that we're doing is we're planning for the next year. Um, We're planning for me. I didn't do this until the end of the academic year last year. So I'm using this time on summer break to make sure that I am planning those units and those lessons where I can expose my students to this opportunity to use this program um, to solve real world problems. That's it. So just making sure that I can do this at a higher level with my students the following year and making sure I have opportunities to invite other educators into my classroom to make sure that they can see how it's done step by step and we can get them on their journey as well.
1: Wonderful. Thanks a lot, Rosalind, for this amazing conversation.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening. Please share this episode with parents and educators. Let's bring Agile to the classrooms. This is Gautam signing off. Until we meet again.